Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. We've got Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? Hey, Nick. Doing great. Doing great. Beautiful morning in uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. A L- little bit on the cool side, uh, but it's uh, it's a gorgeous day. And this is a beautiful day in uh, North Louisiana as well. Of course, we're joined by Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, gonna Lynn takes you to ten every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show, and joined with uh, joining Lynn today, the ULM fan as well as the Donut Man. So we've got a full cast of characters, and Lynn. It's a big day in uh, Southeastern Conference basketball because that's a product that you and I have talked about, uh, how it's been uh, throughout the year. It really hasn't been a, a good product, but today uh, you, know, you have uh, the SEC and the Big 12 Challenge, and that is one that you know, we talked to Florida assistant basketball coach Dusty May this morning. He said that is, this is a matchup that he, he likes, but he said a lot of uh, coaches do not like the fact they're stepping out and playing out of conference. Yeah, well, I like it. I think it's a good thing. It's, uh, uh, I think it's a good way to gauge. It's a better way to gauge, I think, than, uh, than just looking at the records because in a, in a similar way to football, uh, when teams are, are you know, pretty close to each other, they knock each other off, they cannibalize each other. And uh, with the exception of Kentucky, and, of course, Tennessee did knock off Kentucky, so they, those things can happen. Um, but with the exception of Kentucky, the, the teams are, are, are pretty close. And that's what happens when you've got that many young teams. I know you and I talked about it on Thursday. You know, the, uh, the, the conference is just so incredibly young. And um, I'll, I'll repeat the stat uh, in case some folks were not listening to the show on Thursday. Um, of the, there's 351 teams that play uh, college basketball at, at the level that will theoretically qualify you to go to the NCAA tournament. And um, I took the, the – uh, there was a chart. I took uh, the youngest 25 teams in the country, um, and six of them are Southeastern Conference teams. Mississippi State, there's only one team less experienced in the country than Mississippi State. And I don't remember which one it is. I wish I did. But Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn, all six of those SEC teams are among the 25 least experienced youngest teams in the country. And so when you're playing with a bunch of talented players, but they're, they're talented freshmen primarily, then there are going to be some games when they play like freshmen and they get blown off the court. And there's going to be other games when they, uh, you know, when they played up to, up to their talent and they win some impressive ball games. Uh, LSU and, and Missouri, I'm, I'm sorry to have to throw LSU in there for, for the audience that's listening to us now, but LSU and Missouri are uh, behind on the other teams. But the other teams I've named, Mississippi State, Auburn, uh, Tennessee uh, and at Texas A&M, who's also got a young team, all of those have already got double-digit wins. So if those four teams were to just win, you know, four or five more games the rest of the season, including the tournament, uh, all of those teams still have a shot to go to the postseason, which would be a pretty good thing for a team that's, that's that young. Kentucky, of course, is in there, and they're a 
you know, Calipari is a different animal. You've got to talk about them different from everybody else. But, uh, you know, I think that's what happens. And, and I think this will be a better judge. I, for, for the most part, Nick, I don't like the matchups the way that they, that they favor the SEC. Uh, in, in this, I think the home, the home and home, um, I think it would be better. I think the, I think the, uh, the uh, SEC uh, are, are playing some of the better teams on, on the road in the okay. that were flipped. So I, I really expect that uh, uh, the Big 12 is probably going to win more of these games today than the SEC. All but right, I do right, like let me, to let me tell you because it's a better way to match yourself up. You're right. To me, if you look at the games that the SEC would have a greater chance of winning, is what you're saying, because I thought the exact same thing. The games that the SEC would have a greater chance of winning are all on the road. Well, there's a couple of exceptions to that. I think Georgia, uh, you know, Texas' record is not as good as Georgia's. And um, Texas did beat Oklahoma, but, but I, I think Georgia's probably a better team than Texas. And Georgia gets to play at home, so it helps Georgia. Vanderbilt plays Iowa State at home. Iowa State's a, probably a better team, at least record-wise, than Vanderbilt. Although I think Vanderbilt's an underachieving team right now with, with, what, they've, with what they've got. But I think, it, I think Vanderbilt gets a good break on this. I think Georgia gets a good break on this. Um, but other other than that, um, probably probably Tennessee. They, they're good enough to beat Kentucky. Um, they're also good enough to lose a whole lot of bad games. Kansas State, uh, which has got a lot better record than, than Tennessee, they have to play at Tennessee. So those were the three teams that I had marked in the SEC that I think do get a schedule break on this. Um, the, the others, uh, I, I really feel like probably lend itself toward uh, toward favoring the. The big, tw- the big Twelve. Uh, although Kansas and Kentucky, I don't think really matters. They're, no, they're, they're, they're both so good that it doesn't really matter where they play. Well, I tell you what, I think that I think that Florida's going to get uh, beat Oklahoma. That'll be even though that's a tough one. I like Florida winning that game. I like Tennessee winning over Kansas State. And you're right about Kansas and Kentucky. Uh, I do like Kentucky. I know Kansas just suspended a player. Of course, they have a little cloud. It's not their basketball team that was implicated in the, uh, but there was a sexual assault at their basically basketball facility, their dorm, uh, and that a lot of the players had been inter- uh, interviewed as witnesses. So I think that that may be a little distraction. So I like Kentucky. But I think the SEC if they win three games, I think you look at uh, Auburn at TCU. TCU is not a bad club. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, I like them over Arkansas. I think it's going to be a long afternoon for the conference. Well, it helps, it helps um, Oklahoma State because Arkansas is a better team probably than Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State gets to have them at home. Uh, Baylor is one of the best teams in the country. They, you know, they were number one in the country at one time. So they, they play at Ole Miss. Certainly that's going to help Ole Miss. I'm afraid the quality of Baylor is, is, is going to offset that. Um, so I'm not sure that it would make any difference. I do think it probably makes a difference in the Auburn-TCU game. I think if TCU played at Auburn, uh, there's not so much difference there. I'd favor Auburn if he played at Auburn. But playing at TCU, you know, i gotta, I got to favor TCU. Um, you know, so it's, if, if the SEC comes out of this um, as, you know, at, at 50-50, uh, that's not a bad situation. Where, you know, West Virginia uh, – you know, they beat, they beat Kansas. Texas A&M's got to go there. Now, Oklahoma beat West Virginia, uh, and Auburn's beating Oklahoma. So, again, but that's an example right there of you're having talented young teams, and, and, you know, young teams are going to play really good sometimes. Uh, you know, Auburn's, Auburn has played Texas Tech uh, and Oklahoma. Texas Tech's sitting there like 15-5 and five or something. Texas Tech's a good team. And Auburn's beating Texas Tech, and they're beating Oklahoma, who, who uh, beat West Virginia. 
Uh, on the other hand, Auburn's last time out, they got beat by 30 points by South Carolina. So, uh, you know, when you're dealing with, with young, talented teams, sometimes they play talented and sometimes they play young. And that's certainly true. We're talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 uh, every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Lynn, we have a talk. I don't know if you had a chance to see this or not. I'm going to take a break from the SEC and talk Baylor football just for a minute. But was reading up, boy, allegations coming out again over Baylor. It just seems to – you know, I'm a second-chance guy, and I was thinking about maybe Art Bryles as a consultant somewhere in the SEC, maybe Kendall Bryles as an offensive coordinator. But it just seems like the Baylor story won't go away. More allegations coming out of uh, that university. Certainly just uh, unsettling. I don't know if you had a chance to see the news. Yeah, well, I saw the, I saw the headline, Nick. I didn't get a chance to really, to really study it. And, and here's the deal. The um, un- unfortunately, uh, it's it's the case. It just it, you know in life, it's the case with when you're going all the way from president of the United States down to uh, the you know a person within a department of a company. Uh, even though the person uh, in charge of the department uh, in the company may not be directly involved in in something that's questionable, uh, if if they're the head of the ship, then they're they're the captain. They got to be responsible for it. You know, it, the captain may be up at the helm, and something may be going on down in the engine room, but it's the captain's responsibility, even though we might not have anything to do with it. And so that's the that's the way things are. And you could start naming a number of cases uh, in in college sports uh, over the last you know few years when you have had uh, scandalous situations, illegal things going on uh, that that you don't know if the if the head guy, if the athletic director, or the or the coach was involved in it or or had any very detailed knowledge about it, but uh, you know you uh, you got to take responsibility for what happens on your watch, and uh, right rightly or wrongly, that's the way things are, and uh, I suspect that it's going to take a little bit of time to uh, to go by before uh, Art uh, is going to be uh, going to be asked to be head coach again, and I don't know if it's going to follow Kendall uh, where he's gone now or not, but uh, you know it, it might. I mean, the, the, where he's gone is going to be under such uh, such scrutiny anyway. So, uh, so we'll see. Well, you know, and certainly talking to Lynn Scarborough from uh, Lindy's Magazine, and certainly now I guess all thoughts will turn to, you know, we did talk a little SEC women's basketball, and, and I think you look, I think you talked about it on Thursday, South Carolina certainly, if you had to do an overall program, just dominant. South Carolina men and women both doing well. Yeah, right now, right now Carolina is the, uh, is the top basketball program in the SEC. And that's, you know, and it, it wasn't that long ago that their, that their men's basketball team was right near the bottom, uh, and you know it might have been last year that they did got off to such a great start, and everybody was saying, "Oh, they're a shoe in for the tournament because they're ranked in the top 15 and they've only lost a couple of games in their first 20 or something, and they lose like three fourths of their games down the stretch and don't even make the tournament." Uh, so they don't have a you know a great tradition of of uh, of doing that, and uh, and then their their women's program is. Uh, you know, is obviously among the best. Mississippi State is the one to me in women's ball that's really come from nowhere, because you've got a lot of SEC teams that that from time to, from time to time. Tennessee, of course, was always there, but you've got uh, I know Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, uh, Alabama, uh, LSU's had some. You know, that have had really really good women's teams that have made it to the to the final four. I know. Uh, when Champion was coach at Auburn, Auburn played for the championship three consecutive years. Um, you know Georgia uh, under Andy Landers. Uh, you know he was uh, he had some really really good teams that that made it to the Final Four. Um, but Mississippi State, I'm not mentioning Mississippi State. 
because they've, they've never been among those teams that would at least from time to time get up among your ranked uh, teams. And they're the team that's really come from nowhere. So um, I, I really congratulate Mississippi State on, uh, on what they've done with women's basketball. And they've certainly done that in the donut. I know that makes the donut man happy there exactly. sitting there listening to this. But, uh, he informed us today that he was not a fan of men's college basketball, but he was certainly a fan of the women's side. I think he's <laughs> a, a wise decision. I, I've known some Tennessee fans that have told me the same thing. Uh, after Bruce Pearl left, you know, their uh, their program didn't didn't reach the height they did under Coach Pearl. And I had a number of folks tell me they just decided they're going to be women's fans up in Knoxville. So I, I think the donut man, is that, that pretty much his interest is peaked by how well Ben Howland and the men Bulldogs are doing. They, the the women is the way to go. If you're going with uh, Mississippi State, definitely the women. Did you happen to watch the Mississippi State-South Carolina women's game? I, I, didn't get to, we were, I didn't get to. We were doing some editing that night, so I didn't get to see it. I was it. hoping you watched it so you could back up my claim on the refs being from South Carolina. <laughs> Nick says I'm one of those guys. But it was pretty bad every time down the floor. The Mississippi State girls took the ball, and they would be hammered in the paint. Nothing would be called. They'd drive back to the other end, and you'd have a girl go in for a layup, and a Mississippi State defensive stand straight up, hand straight in the air, she'd get a foul called on her. But uh, you're not telling me you're a conspiracy uh, theorist, are you? I, I don't want to say I'm a conspiracy theorist because that puts me in the same boat with Nick. No, I, know, but, I know how Nick is about these conspiracy <laughs> things. Hey, you know, that's exactly what I was doing, Lynn. I was editing some articles as well, so I missed the game. Uh, I tell you, boy. Um uh, I do want to touch a, a little bit of uh, college football. I think uh, one thing, you know, Brent Musburger is going to call his final game for ESPN on January 31st. Lynn, that one uh, will be, I believe he's going to be at Rupp Arena. So Musburger will be, so we lost a lot of good ones uh, retiring this year with uh, with Musburger deciding to call his final game. Yeah, yeah, he is. I, um, you know, with all, with all due respect to some of these older guys, because I'm, you know, I'm getting close to being one of those older guys myself, um, it, it's, I, I think maybe it's time. That uh, that some of these guys step away. I, I saw the, uh, you probably saw the article, uh, the, the the main uh, article about his retirement and and what was said about it. I don't know if the way he handled the uh, Oklahoma Auburn game uh, and the way he, that he that he handled his comments about uh, about Mixon and 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 the way he approached Oklahoma. I don't I don't know that that was what really caused this to happen. Maybe this had been on the you know, on the uh, on the table. To be had in any way. I know the the huge criticism that Musburger got about the the way he broadcast that game, and particularly the the comments he had to say about Mixon. Uh, I couldn't hardly get out of the press box and get back and, and get uh, back to my hotel and get on the computer. And already, uh, it's just an avalanche against the way that Musburger handled that, and uh, and calling for Musburger to give public apologies and all that. And uh, and I, I don't know. I um, you know just some some of these older guys uh, maybe. All to step away. I think Musburger's had a, a, a great career, and he's called some great, uh, some great sporting events, and um, and so you know, just kind of kind of like Vern Lundquist. Yeah. You had a lot of people that thought Vern Lundquist, uh, you know, left a little bit too late. Maybe he should have gone before. And uh, you got some folks going to think the same thing about uh, about about Musburger. I, I did notice listening to Lundquist some that he, as he got older in his career, he would make more mistakes about you know getting teams wrong and players wrong and. That type of thing, and some of us, hey, like I say, I'm uh, I'm not a spring chicken, so uh, I'm I'm uh, empathetic to the to the situation. But uh, uh, you know, it's 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 probably about time that that happened. I, and I don't know that this latest situation with Musburger at the Sugar Bowl 
uh, brought it on, but it may not be coincidence within just a few weeks of that controversy that he's uh, hanging it up. Well, you know me, conspiracy theorists, I say, yeah, they're directly related. I want to tell you, though, uh, you know, nobody covers college football better than Lindy's Magazine. We're talking with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. And, Lynn, I want to talk about it. We're going to have National Signing Day. And I tell you, one program that I think is really, you know, we took it to the NCAA waiting and waiting for Ole Miss for – Sanctions to either be announced or, or not announced. It certainly seems to have hurt the uh, Rebels' recruiting, and that is one thing. You keep waiting for something to come out, but it's like it, it never ends, and you, you keep waiting. So it's a program, any program in limbo in the SEC more than Ole Miss. No, probably not. I mean, because they're, you know, it, and it's, it's not it's not just the Ole Miss situation this time. Anytime there's an NCAA investigation going on, then uh, it's, it's going to have a negative impact. On, on the team that's involved. I mean, that's just how it is, and it's happened to, it's happened to uh, uh, every team that's ever been under the gun. So it's not just a, it's not just a unique thing, you know, for Ole Miss. But I'll just give you, give you an example. I just pulled out, you know, 24-7 is our, is our recruiting partner, and, um, and I, I, I had pulled out just because I thought we might want to talk about this. Uh, I don't have these numbers prepared, but give me a second, I'll give it to you. Uh, out of the top nine teams uh, in the recruiting rankings, Five of them, this is based on current commitments, five of them are SEC. Alabama's one, Georgia's three, LSU's seven, Auburn's eight, Texas A&M's nine. Uh, so you got five out of your top teams, five out of your top nine teams are SEC. Also in the top 20 is Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida. So that gets you up to uh, eight of the SEC teams are in the top 20. Kentucky's at 22. Mississippi State is at 24. Arkansas's at 27. You notice who I'm not uh, calling out. Uh, Missouri is at 40, all the way down to Ole Miss at 46. So Ole Miss has 14 commitments, according to this list, which I pulled out a couple of days ago. So something might have happened in the last couple of days since we've been working on these Super Bowl editions. But Ole Miss would have been like 11th or 12th in the SEC and 46th in the country when – and, and they're, they're, of course, in the Western Division – where in the Western Division, number one's Alabama, number seven's LSU, number eight's Auburn, number nine's Texas A&M. So you got four teams in your division that are in the top nine in the country, and you're number you're at number 46. So um, you know Mississippi State's 20 20 points, 20 spots probably higher than uh, than than Ole Miss, and Mississippi State's not anywhere near the top of the SEC, and they're way ahead of Ole Miss in in early commitment. So I think. You know, it's hard to say there's a direct correlation, but, I mean, common sense tells you that that's probably the case. Well, you know, it certainly seems like a, a early birthday for the Donut Man. It's it now couldn't you, have happened you, to a better team. So now you're <laughs> talking, talking about, talking hey, about I, I'm not going to editorialize on that stuff, Donut Man. We've got to, we got to sell them in Oxford. we got to sell them in Starkville. So I'm, uh, I, you know, we got to sell them in Hattiesburg. So i got to, uh, I got to stay pretty neutral on this uh, state of Mississippi thing. There you go. See, and I think now I want to turn to it because you talk about working on the – you know, we get caught up. We often talk about all about college football here with Lynn Scarborough, but also the NFL. You're working on You had a great uh, uh, Major League Baseball edition now working on it. So I'm going to say that if the Falcons were to win the Super Bowl, you would sell more copies than if the Patriots do. I'm pulling for the Falcons. I, I, no no uh, secret about that. I mean, of course, I used to live in Atlanta. lived in Atlanta for seven years. I was there when the Dirty Birds played for the uh, – 
for the Super Bowl championship in the late 90s. And uh, remember vividly sitting there and watching them get massacred on uh, on television. You were living in Atlanta when they played in the Super Bowl? Are you Absolutely. there? Yeah, really? I sure did. Yeah, I, was, I was in Atlanta when the Dirty Birds pulled, pulled that off, and about like 20 years later, here they are again. And I think you're right because, uh, you know, New England, they've been there before, and um, and it's it's hard to generate that kind of excitement, um, particularly in pro ball. In college ball, uh, it's not quite as bad because you've got more you've got more passion with college because you know the the NFL players they don't choose for the most part where they play they get drafted they're chosen to go there and it's a job with your colleges you got people in your audience right there today that they chose where to go to college they didn't get, get drafted and picked up and be given no choice they've got a family passion their their father or their mother went to school there their their son or daughter's going to school there. Uh, they got a vested interest in their life there. Um, you don't have that in most cases in with professional sports, not just football, professional sports. Now, there are cities, particularly northern cities, um, where uh, college sports is not that big and, and uh, the pro is bigger. Well, obviously, Boston's going to be one of those. With all due respect to Boston College um, and UMass, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Patriots and the Celtics and the Red Sox you know, dominate there. Well, obviously, that's not the case. I mean, the Falcons and the Hawks and the Braves, as popular as the Braves are, Atlanta's a college town. And um, and a number of your southern cities are. Memphis is a college town. Uh, yeah, they got the Grizzlies, but they're, they're a college town. Uh, New Orleans has the Saints, but they're a college town. And, um, and you know, and, and you're going to, you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to sell better uh, with your pro editions in, the, in, in those cities, uh, just like the, just like the Cubs. In, uh, in in Chicago, because Chicago doesn't doesn't really have a big uh, a big college team, but that's a long way around to say is yes, I agree with you. Uh, you're going to have more passion in the South uh, with the with the Falcons. They haven't been there in a long time. Uh, you know, we've got we've got interest from a few advertisers uh, that might want to be along if the Falcons win. Uh, you know, we don't have any interest for that up in New England. So for for a number of reasons, I hope that uh, that they win. However, we're going to have a really really good magazine ready on uh, Sunday night for New England and a really, really good magazine ready for the Falcons and one of those can be stuck in a file and it's never gonna see the light of day. So well, well, that's the way it is. Well I'm, I tell you what, I'm gonna pull for the Falcons because they were named been interesting been studying how every NFL team got their name and they were actually named by a school teacher, Julia Elliott, long time yeah. ago, and she said that the Falcon is proud and dignified, great courage and flight and fight and never drops its prey. So Great. So I'm going to pull for the Falcons because they got their mascot from a school teacher. So there's your little trivia. Well, I'm, I'm going to suspect, Nick, that this may be the only time ever that Julia Elliott has gotten any kind of promotion in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> I would say that you're probably so, right we may have had a We may have had a broadcast first here. Uh, in fact, what we need to do is find the Elliott family, and if we've got this show recorded, we need to send it to Ms. Elliott. So Ms. Elliott, my mother... Uh, was a uh, involved in public education for over 30 years, and Cindy, uh, her degree is in elementary education, and she taught school for a number of years before her business career. So uh, we have a, a passion in our family supporting uh, education as well. So good for you, Ms. Elliott, uh, making the radar screen on the Nick Brown show. Well, I would tell that's you, a, I, I, learned, thing. I learned several things about you today. Number one, I just thought that you had lived in Birmingham. Just I knew that you had lived away. I didn't know you lived... When did you make the move back to Birmingham? 2000. 
really? we've been we've been back in uh, in in the house where we are now for going on uh, seventeen years. We moved back here in two thousand. Is that when you came to work for Lindy's? Was the year two thousand? Oh, no, oh no, no. I no, I've, I've been working for Lindy's since nineteen ninety. Now I've been with Lindy's twenty seven years. Okay, I, I did. That's a part that I could. I did not know that Cindy uh, was a school teacher. I did know that she's been to every college town that I passed through. <laughs> I know that she's on the registers there. I think her degree. Yeah, most of most of those are Cindy's alma maters. That's uh, that's uh, that's very true. Yeah, if she if she paid alumni dues to every place that she attended, we'd have to go take out a loan. So. Well, I, that, that's why I'm going to pick on you now. Could her Blazers have been a little bit more kinder to the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs? I mean, you went to a boxing match at a basketball game. Right? <laughs> that's right. that's, yeah, it's like the, old, like the old, old hockey deal. Well, you know, we talked about it Thursday. Uh, you know, Louisiana Tech had a tough nut to go on the road and win these, win these two ball games if they could do it. Uh, at least, you know, when you go on the road, you, you know, you're expected probably to lose in, in conference games regardless of your conference unless it's the best team playing the worst team. So uh, there's no there's no shame in losing a competitive conference game on the road. It's one where you know UAB could not afford to lose it because of it being a because of it being a home game. And you know same deal with Middle Tennessee and uh, the other uh, other teams that are at the top of that league or you know really are are uh, are any league. It's uh, you know it's the same same kind of deal. Louisiana Tech doesn't need to lose both these ball games, but if they do, most people would have thought uh, you're going to lose those two games on the road. And it's like we were saying the other day. Um, unless it's Middle Tennessee, uh, you're just going to get one, just going to get one bid uh, out of the out of the league anyway. Uh, that's a shame, but it's probably what's the, probably the situation. All right, let me interrupt you right there because I said this earlier, and people think I'm crazy, but I said the best thing for Conference USA would be for Middle Tennessee not to lose a uh, go undefeated in conference, and then if you want to get a t- the only way you get two bid league, Middle Tennessee goes undefeated all the way into the championship game. They lose the championship game of the Conference USA tournament. That's the only way that uh, Conference USA would be a two-bid league. That's correct. I, I agree with you totally. Uh, if Middle Tennessee did not, lose, did not lose another game until the final game of the, uh, of the tournament, then they would only have like three losses. And so they're going to be sitting at somewhere like 28 or 30 and 3 or something, and a team that's got that kind of record is not going to be left out of the NCAA tournament. Then if they got beat uh, in the championship finals, that team would get the automatic bid and Middle Tennessee would go. All the other teams already have. I think I think I'm right that every other team has at least five, maybe six losses. That's correct. And even the better the better record teams. And that being the case, a team a team with six or seven, eight losses in Conference USA is not going to get in a large bid to this tournament. That's so that I, I think your analysis on it, Nick, is exactly correct. Well, here's the thing. I, this may be the final edition of the Nick Brown Show. Because let me tell you, number one, you just agreed with me. That, that that never happens. Number two, the ULM fan has the computer set up and running properly. That never happens. And then the trifecta is the donut man feels good about Mississippi State today in women's basketball and recruiting. So I guess we need to shut it down after that because we leave with the trifecta today. Well, well listen, listen. You, you know that the world's about to come to an end anyway. So everybody uh, out, in the, out in the audience needs to say your prayers and get your uh, things in order because the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship, and you got a possibility the Atlanta Falcons could win the Super Bowl. So you could have the Cavaliers, the Cubs, and the Falcons be world champions within about eight or nine months of each other, and none of them have come close to that in decades. So uh, you talk about the, the uh, stars aligning perfectly. Then uh, I'd say in football, baseball, and basketball, 
uh, you got the uh, the end of the world scenario here if the Falcons win this thing. Well, I, I think you, you couldn't make up a better story, Nick, than uh, than those three teams winning the three major professional championships. If somehow Mississippi State wins a national championship this year. I will be at the altar praying until God comes back. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be at uh, I'll be at Elmwood Cemetery, uh, actually Valhalla Cemetery in Birmingham, where my family's buried. Because I'll it'll I'll have a heart attack and die. And uh, and, and y'all, what you need to do to honor to honor my uh, my Auburn degree, make sure you send orange and blue flowers because uh, because I'm sure I'll probably have a stroke and drop dead if, if Mississippi State wins the national championship. Well, what we'll do is we'll bring we'll get the donut man bring. Uh, Orange and blue uh, glazed donuts. How about that? There, there you go. They'll be going to serve, yeah, serve, them to, serve them to everybody after the uh, I'm not coming back. Serve. If Mississippi <laughs> State wins the national championship, I'm not coming back to the college. I'm through. I'm not jinxing any money. Hey, hey, donut man, you, you may have some Mississippi State people that die of a heart attack. <laughs> You're so, that's what I'm talking about. My funeral might not be the only one you all go to. <laughs> Lynn, you have done it again. Lynn, you have taken us to 10. I always enjoy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine on the Nick Brown Show. I don't know how we could top this, Lynn. You have a uh, great weekend. All right, guys. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 